0: Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, Pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and, of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives positively serving humanity and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado... Let's spill the tea. (laughs) Hooray, we're live. Hello, world. Hello, everyone. We're back live. Yay. Took a couple of weeks to do some self-care and self-reflection and filling of the soul. You were at the beach and then I went to the beach (laughs) because I couldn't handle it. All those pictures of the gorgeous water. I was like, please, let's find some place. And poof. It manifested, Depot Bay opened, and off we went in our car.
1: Mm. I love that. Yes. We had a, I have had a rough couple weeks, but went to the beach and then when we came home, we all had COVID. So, um, you know, I have been sick and dealing with that and a whole bunch of other things. So yeah, it's been a
0: hard few weeks. It's, um, (laughs) I was looking at past episodes. Like I was, as I was getting ready to do our watch parties for the last couple weeks, Um, as our buffer. And I realized how much we say, it's been really heavy, or it's been hard, or (laughs) I was like, it's been a year. I mean, we are nearly at the one year anniversary. And Andrew and I were talking about this because his birthday's tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, Andrew. Yay. And last year was a leap year. So last year, our last kind of night out with friends was on February 29th. Mm. And since then we've only gone out and met friends at a restaurant once. Now we've, we've had some like, you know, food on the patio kind of things Mm -hmm. um, with our, with our dearest couple friends who are, we're kind of like in a pod with, right. Mm -hmm. uh, But we haven't like gone out and done a whole lot of restauranting or wine tasting. And we're like, wow. I mean, it, it, there's part of me that feels like it's been a long time and there's part of me that I feel it just has lost the ability to have perspective on time.
1: <laughs> I agree with you. It's funny because, you know, for all of Facebook's ills, the Facebook memories are are fun. Right. And yes. um, last year, uh, you know, this week for me marks the time that I was in Australia and oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I, um, my memories are popping up are all Australia and, um, that was the first time when I came home from that trip was the first time I knew something was up and different um, mm. because the, um, you know, the proximity to, um, you know, Asia, there was a lot of people that, you know, COVID already existed on in that part of the world. So everyone was wearing a mask um, in line. And I was standing there thinking, oh my gosh, every single person but me has a mask on. You know, what, a, what am I missing?
0: Yes, um, yeah. oh, that it, would have been weird.
1: It was weird. I, I mean, I took a picture because it was surreal um, of all of the masks. So yeah, it was definitely. Um, that, well, was, that was an
0: appropriately placed bell.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? I have to, all my, all my things are, are, I need to actually my uh, turn my slack off here too. Otherwise, um, we will be bombarded.
0: With podcast, listeners are going to say a collective hallelujah and amen to Molly right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the beauty, I think, of what I what I recognize looking at the past shows and, you know, kind of doing the, watching the beginning, zooming to kind of the middle, like what, what kind of meaty topics were we talking about? Does this make sense right now or not? I realized that it's... This is such an important time in our week (laughs) and in the week for for the hundreds of people who are watching live or listening or or catching the replay because the comments and all of the all the connections that's happening in inside this time together. It is being craved by many. It isn't just the two of us who are coming in here going, wow, you know, I'm so heavy from last week. It's like everyone is feeling that and they're all looking for the collective breath. So (laughs) before we go any further, Ms. Molly, what do you have for us today as far as breathing? well we're i know we're going to talk about this today but you and i are
1: both attending megan Watterson's um mary magdalene series um about the sacred heart or the sacred eye i forget exactly the title of it but we're practicing a, a conscious breath in that program and i think we should probably bring it into to this because um it's really an easy practice that you can do um anytime or anywhere throughout your day um to really recenter yourself um when needed so
0: um
1: it's very simple it's just three breaths um the first breath we're going to um connect into our heart the second breath we are going to connect our breath into our mind and then the third breath we're just going to really sort of collect connect sort of um just with intention so just breathing in as this one body um one breath so heart mind and unity. So
0: ready to roll? I am. I'm all of the things. I'm ready.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, let's uh, ground through those sitting bones, straightening the spine. Inhale, exhale completely. Take a big inhale through the nose. And exhale into the heart. Big inhale through the nose. And send that breath into the mind from the heart. Big collective breath in. And exhale that breath to each other, into the ethers, into the unseen, unspoken connections.
0: Hmm. and then we're centered so good made my fingers want to wiggle at the end like <laughs> somehow it was like sending the energy out right it's like, some jazz. from my fingers yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful actually well you know, it's what i love about this course that we're taking and and i definitely would love to dig into that uh The the beauty of women coming together, and we've we've been collecting, uh, collectively collaborating and bringing women together for years in the real estate space, and we've been having conversations over tea, over bubbly, over (laughs) a variety of other uh, you know food and. Uh, conference tables. And we've been bringing women together, even virtually over the last, you know, 14 months in in what it is that we collectively do. And it was so fun to be part of someone else's collective, to actually step into a community that um, I was a member of, not a leader of. Mm -hmm. And it, it was such a great reminder for me. And I'm guessing for many other women who are listening, who are in leadership roles or who are the leader in their community is that it's so important for us to to step out of that role every once in a while and allow our, our souls to be filled by someone else. I mean, we can do it on our own. We can do those things, but it was so beautiful to be prayed over and, uh, you know, listen to someone's wisdom about a topic that is so incredibly important and and intriguing to me. So yeah. intriguing. Yeah. I
1: love that. I think, um, there's that again, it's sort of honoring the cycle of being a teacher, being a student cycle, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually feel pretty connected to that idea because, um, you know, as a yoga teacher, there have been different periods of my life. Um, I've been teaching now for a long time, you know, where it's like, I I feel like I shouldn't be the teacher right now. I just want to be the student. Mm. And then there are times when I'm like, I'm ready to be the teacher again. Um, You know, and that cycle has happened a lot, actually, um, as a yoga teacher. So I I know exactly what you're saying. Um, You know, you can't always be the teacher, right? If you're always the teacher, then you're you're maybe not necessarily learning. And then you're, you know, so it's good to be both.
0: Indeed, and what what we ha- heard from Megan, and like we've said, we'll, we'll definitely dig into that. I'm um, I've got pages of notes from that. We do actually. Uh, the what I think is is so profound, in what we what we're not only experiencing there and building over here is that we're seeing lots of women do that in their communities and having different kinds of conversations. And, and women are more women. It feels like, and maybe it's simply because we can see it because of things like, you know, the internet, <laughs> Facebook, uh, YouTube, but it feels like women are mo- moving into a leader role more than ever. <laughs>
1: yeah, um,
0: And so the, the beauty that uh, I, I think I share, I, I know I emailed it to you last night after I finished watching it at like, I don't know, 1130 my time, but I watched this video or this like documentary on the female disciples of Jesus. And it's these two women. Oh my gosh. Like we could totally do this. I haven't
1: seen it yet. I I, I have downloaded the Amazon Prime app, but I mean, I think I can watch it like on just normal TV, but I have not watched it yet.
0: Yes. So it's these two, it's two friends who both have this passion for, um, kind of uncovering that they don't say the divine feminine, but it is what like the underlying found underlaying foundation of what they're doing is, uh, Their life's work is shining a light on these women who have been written out of history, right? Mm -hmm. So what they're doing, um, and I see we have, uh, Connie is saying, good morning, good morning, my friend. what they're doing in this documentary is they travel back to Israel to do some research on there's three women that are mentioned in the, the gospels. One is of course, Mary Magdalene, who we know and love. And the, the other two are Joanna and Susanna. And Joanna is really where they spent a really good amount of time. And I don't really know much about her. I I and mean, not that was kind of the whole point. <laughs> it's like the women are like footnotes and it was this this concept of when when we look at the Bible through our own our lens when we look at any text through our filter our any filter text. yes okay. anything like yeah. I look at it through a, a very um feminist if you will filter and that doesn't mean i'm I'm only looking for the women's stories but I have a heightened sense of awareness when women are missing mm-hmm. and and I have a call to justice when i see that right and these women share that just as we share that here and they were highlighting certain passages i'm sure passages i've read multiple times in my life since i've you know had the bible in my crib right uh that i never really paid much attention to because they were never really highlighted i mean there's what maybe a hundred scriptures that are re re-spoken all the time but there's you know hundreds thousands more in the bible and there were little blips that said things like, um, well, look, they're calling Jesus teacher. Well, women weren't allowed to be taught. So if they were calling him teacher, that meant that he recognized them as students and then w- was therefore treated as an equal to the men in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and, and so they were doing that contextual, like that historical connection with what was happening at the time with what we're reading. And it was just like this. All of this content coming to the two of us in different ways, and different formats and through different mediums, even bringing uh, bringing this curiosity to the top. And one of the things that um, Megan said that really touched me, I actually said it to Andrew afterwards. I'm like, I loved when she framed curiosity as a form of compassion.
1: Oh, I love that, too. I thought that was I thought, I thought that was a brilliant mo- a moment. I yeah. just. I love that. You know, the other um, thing is, you know, I haven't read the Christian Bible since I was in um, high school, college, you know. So pretty much since that point of my life, um, I started dipping into every other world religion, um, you know. So, you know, and I was in a part of a, like sort of a fundamental Christian group when I was in high school. Um, and yeah. then um, when I went to college, I kind of Buddhism and um you know, all, all kinds of, you know, obviously as a yoga teacher, I dipped really um, deep into Hinduism, which I think is a very beautiful religion as well. Um, even Kabbalah and like some Jewish mysticism and stuff. So, um, you know, what I took from that um, Sunday session was um, I purchased the new New Testament. Mm-hmm which is a new version of the codexes that did not make the cut for the New Testament. Um, And I think a lot of um, this sort of that uh, Christian mysticism, the Gnostic texts, um, those are going to show up in there. And, um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why for me, I sort of fell in love with um, Mary Magdalene is because it was edited out. Um, you know, and anything that was edited out to me, um, is what I'm most interested in, you know, cause, uh, right. Yeah. Right. Cause I mean, remember that framing, she said something like it wasn't the Christian church wasn't, I wrote it down. It's so important. The Christian church wasn't Romans didn't accept Christianity. Christianity became Roman. And for me,
0: I, I forget exactly how I wrote it, but I was like, yes, that is it. Well, I, when she was talking about that, um, so I I wrote something around the the same part. I think it was, we know the history now is that in the fourth century when Constantine or Constantine, I don't, you know, potato, potato, um, I say Constantine. So I'm going to keep going on that because it makes me feel like he's like a Dracula of some sort, (laughs) um, which he was. He was a a very, he was a very powerful man. And during his reign was when they, they were basically losing control. Rome was losing control under his authority. And he knew that he had to create, he had to create one religion to control everything. And so, and this is fascinating, that when he made that decision, there were multiple versions of Christianity traveling the planet, right? And he chose the Christianity of the military. Mm -hmm. So he, so all of, and this is such an important like history lesson here. Every book that is, that was chosen for the Bible, because there was no Bible that things were taken from, they chose from this vast array of scriptures, what they were going to put together. And it was all ignited through this militant Perspective, and yes. when you go back now and you look, I mean, the Old Testament is basically one big rape, pillage, war. I mean, a lot of a lot of scripture is. It is, and and it's that is that is how they are, um, how they're explaining kind of the transition from this this beautiful love, um, healing reconnecting with the divine inside of us, that it's not outside. It is within, uh, that it shifted from that. Cause that was too soft. That could not be controlled. That the stories could not be told to the underlings that they would understand that kind of religion required much more, uh, conversation as opposed to power and control and conquer. Right. And like, these all of these messages all of these things that we're learning um we're seeing it in our we're seeing it here in our country like it's it just has different names and different deeds Mm -hmm. but it's the same kind of desire to have one narrative that everyone is is forced to consume yes and and until the point that they feel like this is this is truth I'm going to believe this, and I'm I'm going to think everyone else is crazy and is going to hell.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the dogma, the old story. That is really well aligned with this book that I think I mentioned it, and I'm reading um, his second book right now because I fell in love with his voice. It's Charles Eisenstein, and the book is a more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. And he really does a beautiful job outlining the fact that there's this old story the story that we have all bought into of how things are, are are and the only way that we can move forward into this world of unity or compassion or you know interbeing he says not um interconnectedness but interbeing the acknowledge that we are all another acknowledgement that we are actually um one body right right living breathing body every animal every plant you know everything and which is interesting because that's actually how Megan Watterson actually opened up her seminar too she said every living being and this is from Mary Magdalene's um scripture um 2.2 every being every living being exists with and in each other every creature every modeled form exists in and of each other and you know that's basically what um Charles Eisenstein is saying too what the definition of interbeing is you know that we are truly one body um and, um, that when we have these war paradigms and us and them, right. yes, yes. Then We actually aren't living, we're, we're living in an old st- story. And so part of this transition that we're all sort of asked to do is to move into this new story of interbeingness yes. and what happens when we, when we start to see and behave, um, like we're just cells, you know, playing our part within, um, you know, this, this global body, you know? Yes.
0: Which, which again, like that feels so right and so true. And so the, the emotions and the feelings that I've always craved since a child, when I'm thinking about my God, my creator, uh, it's, it's so interesting. You know, one of the things that you, you recommended, I don't know how many weeks ago, the holy languages, uh uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Kind of the. It's. It. I don't know where in the scheme of uh, Caroline's bookography it, that comes. Yeah. If it's before or after sacred contracts. I think it's recent, actually. Yeah. I, I. I was listening to it on my walk yesterday, and I was like, I need to look that up because I mean, she mentions sacred contracts a couple of times mm-hmm. in it so far. But one of the things that I loved in, and I feel like we are we're becoming and we're uncovering here amongst our community is uh, we're kind of peeling away those layers those those stories that were created and and spoken over us and without malintent right it's it's not like our parents our grandparents our grandparents parents and so forth and so on it's not like they were like let's like, like continue a lie well, of no. any sort. like no. like there it's is it's the it's the cloudy mirror, right? Correct. Well, and it's the this is this is what I learned. And when we when our the internet began, and the intern they didn't have any idea what this would do. I mean, there was a few people who were like, "Ah, this is gonna be crazy. Like, put your seatbelt on." But I think that the the ability for women to have information and for women to become seekers of knowledge. There's no way that 2,500 years ago, before Jesus women would rise into this level of, of understanding, oh, collectively across the globe. Like we've all had the knowing inside of us, but been told, you're not a really good Christian if you ask that question, or you're not a you're not a lady if you act that way, or what, whatever. Like just the the hush hush little one, be quiet. Everything's gonna be okay. Like relax, right? That. But now we're all like, we don't have to relax. Like we can be feisty, we can be fiery, we can be mad. We can we can have righteous anger, and we can fight for these things that we want with each other in this internet, right? If that's what Caroline was talking about. Is it's Caroline moss right? Caroline. Um, miss. Miss Caroline, we're on a first name basis, you know. Um, but I love how she's shifted it from it's not it's not the internet; it's the internet, like yes. this this true connection between each of us, the red threads, if you will. Yeah. Um, that visual of the mushrooms, right? The fungi, yeah. like the enter- my, the,
1: um, what is it? The mycelian, or what is it? The I forget what it is. The the interconnectedness of the mushrooms underneath the soil,
0: right? I think yeah. it's called kind of like the the my 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 it's answer. something like that. yeah, yeah totally I can't, I'm Well, even when I was like wiggling my fingers during the breathing, I was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of how I feel. yeah, like this 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 web of connection and how you know, we would have been burned to the stake or thrown in an insane asylum or, you know, stoned or whatever in centuries past having this conversation. But here we are,
1: <laughs> having it on the world wide web. <laughs> well, I love it. And, you know, the last, you know, a few years, I'm like, I feel like we're in the apocalypse. And, you know, the other thing too, that was just a mo- major aha moment for me is, yeah, I think we actually are. And if you actually look at the true root of the word apocalypse, it means uncovering. And I think that is exactly what's happening is that we are uncover- uncovering um, these ancient texts that were, um, you know, hidden, that we're uncovering Um, you know and and discovering the seat of our own souls Um, and we're uncovering you know the the shadows of the the stuff that we've stuffed and have been unwilling to look at Um, and as we do these things you know we we actually start to be born again and that to me is a whole different type of rebirth than um, you know the way that the uh, you know the Fundamental Christianity movement has um, sort of hijacked that understanding of what that looks like. Um, I do want to say that the image I keep seeing over and over lately is the acorn, right? This mm-hmm. idea that everything exists to be the mighty oak within the actual seed. Yeah. And um, that message of just being 100% perfect and equipped as you are, as we are in, you know, like things are as they should be, um, you know, is. Just the message that no matter what happens, it's like, be, you know, we are the acorns. We are absolutely everything exists within the seed to become the oak.
0: Yeah.
1: We just have to, uh, you know,
0: be. Yes. Well, and the beauty of that is we are we're actually even seasonally heading into spring for us. Right. And yeah. so we're coming out where uh, we're. There's probably one more freeze that'll happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one more big storm that will hit our plant, our, our, the Northern Hemisphere here. And mm-hmm. that will be, you know, on our way to buds popping up everywhere. Like they're, they're out on the trees, but they're still very, very closed and tight Absolutely. here. April 15th is our big date here.
1: After April 15th, things start to happen, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's been unusually warm here, or I should, maybe I should say mild. Like we did have the one- snowstorm last week but that was like boom it came and it went Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's like 40s and 50s here right now which is unusual I mean and and not like there's actually usual when it comes to temperature or weather at this point I mean it's in a constant state of change like there's no putting away uh, winter clothes or summer clothes it's like everything's out all year long now right um but the this I feel like things are out early I don't, I feel like the buds are out early. Hmm. So it'll be interesting to see like, if, do they bloom earlier? I mean, I, am t- an avid photographer when it comes to the seasons mm-hmm. change. So I can see, you know, like for 10 years living here, what the trees look like, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm always like out there. I'm the crazy lady who's, you know, taking the macro photos of the, of the trees and the plants mm-hmm. in your front yard, people.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And that's not the crazy lady. That's the connected lady,
0: right? (laughs) Yes. Well, I've believed that to be true. I'm not quite sure the people who are looking out their window going, oh, there she is (laughs) again. I don't know what they're thinking. (laughs) Who cares? Oh, that's true. That's right. No, that's I right. Know. I still do it. <laughs> I, know, right? I own it. I own it. And you know, the, the occasional time I go out to walk in my Frankie, I'm sure I even look even more wild. Oh girl, <laughs> I would love to see that. I, we should actually get in our Frankies together
1: and walk. Then, then that's when the ladies start to talk, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Um, but we didn't talk about, what are you sipping? Cause you were like all gaga about it in the green. Oh room. my gosh. Yeah. I'm
1: actually in love with this tea. Um, I'm going to sh- try to show you, I don't know if you can see, but, um, this is gorgeous these um this is not my tea this is a another female entrepreneur um the company oh, yes. is called magic hour and it's in this glorious thing i mean i just love the way this feels this yes container. um but this is a Quan yin tea and it's a um it's a oolong so but these um leaves the tea leaves are they come in like little you know the tight packed dry balls and then um if you can see there's these beautiful rich uh, yeah, leaves gorgeous. here like this is a gorgeous gorgeous tea um so after i finish this then i will take these tea leaves and um grind them and put them in my soil at home because i need to start prepping my my um garden beds. yes um, but yeah this is it but it's a deliciously smooth tea um and again uh tea quan yin is what it's called by magic hour and
0: um i'm in love with it so I love it. And you're drinking oh. from one of my favorite teacups that you have. I love this. Yes.
1: I know. This is definitely one of my favorites too. So.
0: I love it. I, I've have new cups for the next four weeks. I'm very excited about that. So this is my newest. In my oh, company. wow. Isn't I love that. Gorgeous. Ooh, like a celadon. So she um, is from a place called Mossy Creek Pottery.
1: Okay
0: in oregon on the oregon coast so on our trip last week it was like the the one store we went to was a pottery store it was like 40 40 potters and artisans are part of this collective there and it's just a really cool property but this is the the mug that called me like it just fits perfectly you know when you when you have a mug that like even just where the thumb Stop mm-hmm. is it's perfect. yeah. Um, and I, I love her. I have not named her yet. She has not told me what her name is yet, but I will have one eventually. uh Inside her is the Earl Grey. So this is this is my latest like Earl Grey crush. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: It's like extra bergamot Yes. <laughs> and it, it does come in um, these little it's not a it's not a paper diaper. Yeah. <laughs> it that's like a movie, better, right? But it's this beautiful like organza. I don't know what it is. It, it's it's so beautiful. And it it's oh. <laughs> like the only that. thing we could do to take it to 11 would be to write a little saying like the yogi tea does.
1: Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. I love that. I love the smell
0: of Earl Grey anyway. So yes, me too. Well, and I love Bergamot. Like I put it in my diffuser a lot. I put it on the back of my neck in the middle of the afternoon. There is something so delicious about it. And of course it's Italian. So come on. Yes. Uh, (laughs) the, um, the beauty of the tea The I was sipping this tea during the Mary Magdalene. Okay. Yeah. Uh, conversation as well and uh, I'd, I'd love to to go back really quickly we're well, not really quickly I'd love to go back to that for the next few minutes if you don't mind uh, because we stopped at Mary 22 and there were so many other like rad uncoverings she actually talked about uncovering which I love that you use that word and um, this was really on that we're we're all on that spiritual journey. Right. And whether we acknowledge it, or it, or it. consciously or unconsciously, right? Yes, yes. and I, I thought that was so great. Uh, and and I think that we what what just was like re, a repetitive for me or a re, a remembering or a reminder for me was that this is the the things that I've been feeling since I was a wee girl were planted for a reason in me. And the questions that I asked as a child and the, the, you know, it's like, I feel like I want to go back and give my 13 year old self a big hug when she was like questioning the pastoral authority in her church and, and, and say like, you're on the right path, right? Like you, you were meant to ask that question. Don't feel, don't carry any shame about that anymore because how things were, were man created, not God designed. And I felt like when she was um, talking even about Tertullian, right, about this this, you know, man in history who was of man, he was in he was working through this filter of women are less than. And that they can pinpoint that he was the reason that they didn't put the acts of Paul and Thecla in. The Bible we have today is mind blowing to me. Like that, they, they know the exact person who said, "Nope, we're not going to include that. It's too female centered." Like that, that was actually a conversation that they now have proof around. I think that's that was a big man. You best be sure that what you are um, fighting for, you don't mind being down in history, or right. I know. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I'm with you.
1: You know, and. um yeah, I, I just part of the the work that I've been doing a lot lately, lately um, is really asking those big questions like where are the wounds, you know, trying to go through the childhood, mm-hmm. you know, the, all of the memories, you know, to date of being here in this moment, not to rehash it, but to restory them, you know. And so making that list of those moments that just come to the surface, you know, allowing the intuition to sort of um, surface what needs to be surfaced, you know. Yeah. And um, sort of just name it and see it and hold some space for it and then, um, you know, release it, restore it. And, um, you know, it's easier to do that as an adult because, you know, I do believe that everything happens exactly as it should
0: when it should.
1: And, you know, those things that have happened, right, whether good or bad or whatever, do shape us to exactly who we are in the, in the present. Yeah. So there isn't that need to regret or to have shame, right? It's all just a step on the journey. And, um, yeah. And some of the things that she's saying just really validate that idea. Um, and and I mean, when I say she, and we're talking about Megan Watterson still, um, the author of Mary Magdalene Revealed, but, um, it, it just, there was just so many moments on that on Sunday when I was just like, yes, that's it. It's connecting another, another
0: dot for me. Yeah. Uh, Well, even, even the releasing of preconceived notions around the ego. Yeah. I thought that was really powerful. I mean, for people who hadn't read the book, I think a lot of um, there was, she talked through a lot of what she's written. Right. But Mm -hmm. I I don't recall there, the focus around really helping understand that how important the ego is and how, this, I mean, I remember I mean grade school, high school, college, always hearing like set your ego aside. Yeah. Like, like it's actually we need to understand that it's created along with our body so that we can actually function.
1: Yeah. And as
0: long as it isn't like a the leader of everything, right? As yeah. long as it's not the leader, that it actually is something that we need to nurture and embrace and and love. And be in partnership with
1: that to yes. me was another moment again. And I'm, I'm right now, um, I'm listening to, um, a book by, um, gosh, I have to look it up here cause I forget the name of it. Um, but that goes to the idea of we are fully human
0: mm-hmm. and
1: fully spirit. Yes. And, and for me on my spiritual path, you know, I, Oh, you have that written too. Oh, I love it. I love it. it <laughs> know a lot of um spiritual texts you know that exist today are about ascension right like moving beyond the ego into the spirit right and we are viewing this as a linear progression and again that's a very masculine way of viewing the world whereas you know the natural um you know the the natural. Um, wisdom is about the spiral, the circle the, right. the season, the, the cycle right that's the that's the wisdom of nature peeking out where it's not just start and finish but start and finish and again and again death, you know birth, life, death, rebirth, the cycle right and um you know so that was just again fully spirit, fully human. Our ego helps us show up in this world. Our physicality and our five senses help us experience the world. And the brain is the processor to be able to take it in. But the heart is the the seat of the knowing. And um, I just, I'm like, I just thought that was so beautiful. The the book I'm listening to right now is called The Five Levels of Attachment. And it's by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., So from um, the Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz, it's his son who has written the five levels of attachments. And again, sort of tapping into that cultic wisdom. Um, And it's the same thing, like understanding, you know, how that ego lens can actually, in partnership, guide us to deeper understanding of spirit, um, out of partnership, out of context, and farther away from spirit, right? Um, so I just, it's again, like, it's so funny when you're everything adds, get the yes ands, right. And it, it all feel fills the, the, and answers the questions that are on the heart. So,
0: well, and she does, she does speak to that in, in so many ways inside this course. And I know that she's actually going to host another round of it. I'm not sure when, so we'll, we'll be sure to, you know, drop a link in here. But that the concept of that we are we're led if we allow ourselves to be led by the soul, that the that feeling of the hustle and the pressure is what melts away. Right. And Catherine talks about it in the the power of holy language or or holy language. Right. The this concept of. I was sharing this with Andrew last night too. I was, I felt like, I feel like I was really vibrating high last night, right? After Mm -hmm. read, you know, doing all of the reading and then watching the, the, the documentary about this, these things, once, once you have been taught something, once you know better or experience clarity around something, you can start to see all of the instances that have occurred in your life. And so this whole concept of either being, whether it's being called led by the soul or, or speak, letting your soul speak through you, right. That this, uh, that there is this, when you, when you create connection, when you uncover and, and really release all of that, um, desire for perfection outside of who you are, right. Mm-hmm. That when, cause when you say, when you said. You know that we for us to embrace that we're one hundred percent perfect, like right now as we are, it's our version of what perfect is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and that is a perfect example of all of these things that are coming into our world through these books and movies. and and that is there we have been taught for thousands of years that we have to look outside of ourselves for God. We have to look outside of ourselves for perfection. We have to look outside of ourselves for acceptance and love and all of these things when the truth of it all is that it is already within us. And that's the freedom that Constantine did not want people to have access to. That's it. Right. Right. He wanted everyone to be here, like earthbound and, and chained, right, to this concept of good deeds and, you know, rules and regulations and, and not like laws of nature, not like the laws of God, but these laws of man that really captured and the, the ability to listen to someone and hear and have clarity around what they're, what they're talking about and what their needs are. And then speaking to them has always been a gift. I mean, I've had it since I was four or five, but I never really thought about it that I would just always be like, well, that's, that's what's coming. That's what's coming to me. That's the advice. And it's not, Mm -hmm. I don't have major degrees in anything related to psychology or understanding the human mind or, you know, problem solving, you know, 17,532 sessions later, it's, natural right and it's tapping into that that soul connection and we all can do it and that's i think that in this season that is that's what we that's what we're all craving is we're not we're not all craving that i need to stop saying that that Mm -hmm. we are are craving that that many
1: you said something really important and i just want to add some punctuation around it is this you know that is your gift. and I have um, been so incredibly grateful for the, being the recipient of your clarity and and your gift as you know, um, you know you've you've been a rock for me personally. Um, but that is what I think it all means is when you are true to you and your gifts and I am true to me and my gifts, right. And we are showing up as we are, not as what, You know, we're supposed to be, and and especially because I know a lot of real estate agents, you know, our friends listen to this, you know, in particularly for whatever reason, I think that the micro businesses, you know, there's a lot, so much shoulds, you know, and so when you're one, right, in a sea of turbulence, and that's what it feels like sometimes to be a business of one, right, it's easy to the wind to blow you back and forth, and everybody's telling you, you you should do this, and you should do this, and you should do this, and you should do this you know but part of the wisdom is is sort of drown out that shoulds of what everybody else is doing and really dial in to where your heart is guiding you um and the agents and that i see doing that are the agents who have built just such beautiful businesses that are aligned with their passion and purpose mm-hmm. i mean katie clancy um is to me like this soaring example of that you know, she's just built this business based totally on serving people well, um, because she actually cares, and now it's just created all this—not only a lot of revenue for her, you know, because you know that's beautiful too, that's that's fruitful. But um, you know, this idea of the happiest person in real estate, and now she's sort of you know teaching people how she got there. Right. But right. again, it's not should it's just this is my story and this is what's working for me. Take what you will or leave what you might. Um, but, you know.
0: But here, you yes. Know? Yes. Well, I, I think I actually even said this to you in a conversation in the last four or five days, which is that the stop shooting on yourself. Right. That that we do that as well. Like the world tells us what we should be doing. And then even more so we do that to ourselves oh, and it's 100%. i should be this way i should have this feeling i should be doing this project um or i shouldn't be doing this i shouldn't be doing that I should. <laughs> and it's so easy to get into that spiral of of shame because a should is a shame it
1: is and i feel that time cuz i feel like i think i see things differently than most people and <laughs> um, I, and I, I, have been very hard on myself for not being a more of a conformist, if you will, but
0: well, I, now's your time to shine. I mean, now the, the time of, I feel like there's this shift in what, in what individualism is, right. Or independence is because there's, I shared, oh gosh, maybe four, three or four months ago, the conversation that I listened in on, on Mia Voss's shit, we don't talk about podcast. Hmm. Where she had this amazing, like preacher doctor woman on the show. I'll drop the link in, um, and uh, Sharon was her name. And she said she talked about toxic individuality hmm. and toxic individualism. Right, this idea that that we're taught that we um, that 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 is a slice of what we're we're supposed to be individual. We're supposed to be independent, yet we're supposed to be the same as everyone else. Hmm. And so it's like the, the bringing together of conformity and toxic individuality has created, uh, this inability to see our own greatness, Mm. to see our own role and space and place because, well, I don't look like that. I don't, my body doesn't look like that. My hair doesn't look like that. My, you know, I don't have that many tattoos or that many piercings or, you know, like in every kind of squad, there there are there is a way that people kind of conform. Like they, yeah. they, they, they're drawn to each other. And I feel like this is a season where we're starting to see kind of like the united nations and women of all shades and sizes and and belief structures are coming together and asking well, questions.
1: Well, and when you have the lens that every single being is expression of divinity you know the world starts to get quite lovely you know yeah you see beauty in everything then and you know and and then we can kind of change the um, you know the definition of what what beauty actually is right so
0: yeah well and when we when we finally get to the point like to to your point about recognizing and confidently saying like, this is my talent. This is my purpose. This is my gift that is not for me. It is through me, mm-hmm.
1: through me. Yeah. Right?
0: It's through me that we can, if we can start saying that more out loud, then more people can start to connect us with the people who need that talent that need that gift, right. In in business and even in the fire up book, I talk about it like when you embrace your authentic self, Mm -hmm. you attract people and opportunities to you like a magnet because you're finally, yeah, you're finally releasing that, uh, that cloak. You're, you stop hiding and thinking like, I need, if I'm going to be a speaker and I'm going to talk on social media, then I need to be exactly Mm -hmm. like Katie Lance or exactly like Marky lemons or exactly like Lance them. is divine. And so is Marky. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. But they, yeah. but they both talk about social media. Yeah. But they're totally different. different. Yeah. And and there is even there. I mean, the, the topic might be the same, but the language they use, the outfits they wear, the yeah. lighting they have. I mean, everything about them is a unique is unique and beautiful. And you learn totally different things from these two women who technically speak about the same thing right? They, yeah. There is this lane that they are flowing in, but they do it so beautifully. And the reason these two women came to mind is because Katie just had Marky on her podcast. And these two divine women are like just spilling the tea about, you know, this thing that they love and that they're passionate about, but they're highlighting each other. They're sharing, you know, Katie's sharing it on her podcast and Markie's introducing her community to this podcast. And there's no uh, fear of competition because they are living in their authentic self.
1: And they've, a, they've a adopted a, a abundant life a mindset, right? Yeah. That there isn't, by someone else succeeding doesn't mean that there is less for me. It just, and again, that's part of that interbeingness, right? Is mm-hmm. that we want others to be successful and happy and loved. Yes. Right? Even if they are doing similar work to us, because when they are, we are, right? And yeah. sort of, you know, so I, I just think it's so, um, it's such a, it's not an easy concept it's, it's as simple and hard as maybe anything, you know, but <laughs> it's um, like I always say it's like Apple products. Like
0: they look so simple and beautiful and like, Oh, it must be so easy to create this. And then you like open it up and you see all the things inside <laughs> and you're like, like, what is, how does this all work? It's, we are intricate and divine and completely unique in our own way. Um, but that doesn't mean our purpose is unique right? That doesn't mean our message is unique. And that's a tough lesson for a lot of people. In particular, I find, I mean, obviously I work with more women than men in my consulting practice because that's my attached to my personal brand, right? Is she's yeah. is an yeah. empowerer of women. Uh, but I, I've never had a conversation with a guy or a, a male client who said, well, I don't really want to talk about that because Joe already covers that. Not once. But nearly every coach or speaker or author I have in my client portfolio has said that. That's a female. Well, you know, like I said, Katie Katie talks about social media. So really, like, that's hers. I'm like, that's that's ridiculous.
1: Yes, and, ladies. Come on. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. There's always Um, a beautiful way. I know that we are at the tip of our time and I have a um, I I have a a meeting that's creeping up into this time. So why don't we do do you want to do our meditation? Let's definitely. Yes. All righty. So we've been talking a lot today about clarity. Um, And so let's practice uh, something that we have started um, and um, so that we can develop some mastery with it. So finding that sit, the seating bones, um, grounding, rooting. And while we are doing this and we're shifting our intention inward, just start to feel the heaviness, the weight of the body. As you're breathing in through the nose, lifting through the crown of the head. And as you exhale, just feel the shift, the weight, and the gravity of ourself in the skin. The bones, the So today the mantra in this meditation is I wish or I choose to vibrate at the frequency of clarity. And we're gonna say that in our mind's eye three times. And then as we do, I want you to dial into the sensations in the skin, under the skin, and around the physical body to start to tune in to any fluctuations or change. So breathing in together. I wish to vibrate at the frequency of clarity. I choose to vibrate at the frequency of clarity. I choose to vibrate at the frequency of clarity. Big breath in together. Exhale, release it all of the mouth, letting it go. So good. The more we practice that and the more you add a different intent you'll start to notice the feeling and the differences of the vibrations within the body. And it's actually pretty profound, um, but it takes a lot of practice and to try different things so that you can see how different things feel in your body. I love it. Yeah.
0: I love that. I, I always love when there is a guided space I should be seeking inside because that is definitely a muscle I am trying to really trying to build, right? The, the ability to, to look inside. Right. And with Megan's instruction around, you know, the, this eye of the heart concept, right? This, this space where we, if we can see and filter things through our heart, and if we can see things or, or be led rather by our soul as opposed to our, our ego, uh, you know, that takes us controlling our breath and slowing down and paying attention and not working in hustle, but working in peace, not feeling the pressure. So I appreciate that. All right, everyone. Uh, So we have another one of our Mary Magdalene revealed sessions on Sunday. So we'll likely be talking about that next week. (laughs) Uh, And A variety of other things. So we look forward to seeing you. Um, if there is anything in particular that you've got a question on that we talked about today, please, of course, if you're watching the replay or listening on the podcast, please let us know in either the blog comments or the comments here on Facebook Um, until next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful few days. Bye everyone. Peace. Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus a place to uncover the opportunities that abound, and create a moment to embrace grace and gratitude as we celebrate the beauty that is swirling all around us. To connect with us, head on over to our current collaboration site, MoxieOnFire.com, and sign up for updates. That's MoxieOnFire.com. Let's all go forth and lead with love, trust, and faith.